Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, this is Trent Sutton with Wild Imaginings, and we are presenting you a fantastical history of Waco. Fabulous tales of dubious veracity, written by Ashley Bean Thornton. (laughs) Today's story, A Cavalry of Bears. One of the things that the city of Waco is most known for is none other than Baylor University. Founded in 1845, the university, oddly enough, didn't have an official mascot for almost 70 years after its founding. Several possible mascots were suggested, but the issue was hotly debated among students, faculty, and funders. And what's wrong with a bookworm? It's a perfectly studious creature, and we are a place of higher learning after all. But what about the sports? No one's going to fear a bookworm when they walk onto the field or run onto the court. Come on! Well, why do we need to be feared? We can still be respected. Respected. Listen to yourself. Have you ever heard someone call someone else a bookworm respectfully? I'm afraid he has you there. It's usually used as an insult. Well, maybe we can reclaim the word as a positive notion. Or maybe we could be something a bit more exciting than an underground invertebrate that likes to read. Okay, well, what's your bright idea then, huh? Okay, hear me out. The Baylor Ferrets. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Not that I like the bookworm idea, but you have to admit, at least Baylor Bookworms has a nice ring to it. Baylor Ferret sounds like we just gave up. No, no, hear me out. We're listening. Ferrets are unexpectedly fearsome. They're smart. They're conniving. They have both stealth and strength on their side. And they stink. Okay, they have their flaws, just like anything else. You want our mascot to be something from the Mustelid family. Literally, a creature that is classified by its smell. Okay, but ferrets are unassuming. You think they're cute and innocent, but then wham! They nail their prey in those vicious little jaws and drag them down into the tunnel they came out of. They're scary little things. I I think they're cute. Exactly! They're cute! That's why they make the perfect mascot. They're relatable, but fearsome. And when have you ever heard of someone ferreting something out used in a positive way? Okay, now you're just using my own words against well, me. Well, if the shoe fits. What What if we let the students decide? The, the students? students?
And so it was that the student body voted to call themselves the Baylor Bears in 1914, 69 years after the university was founded. Only four years later, in 1918, Baylor University received its first live bear mascot. The bear cub Ted was a gift from the 107th Engineers of the Army's 32nd Division, who were stationed at Camp MacArthur. Now, for the more curious among you, it would be easy to wonder how these military engineers came to have a bear in the first place. Camp MacArthur was a military training base established in Waco in 1917 to prepare troops for the combat in World War I. Now, although the United States officially entered World War I in April of 1917, right about when the base was established, by that time, U.S. Army intelligence had been collecting strategic information about enemy nations for several months. Armed with this information, it was in May of 1917 that a junior intelligence officer, Corporal Obadiah Smoot from Waco, Texas, discovered an intriguing fact. There were no bears in Germany. The last bear anyone had seen in Germany had been in 1835, and that had not been a live bear but a spectacular rug on the floor of a grand chateau in the Bavarian Alps. Corporal Smoot envisioned a cavalry of soldiers riding into an enemy camp astride snarling bears. <laughs> the enemy troops, never having seen real live bears, would scatter in every direction. Sure that it would work. He suggested the idea to his commanding officers. Just imagine, sir, U.S. troops riding in on great grizzly beasts. The Germans would surrender at the very sight of them. They'd think we had summoned forces not of this world. And how exactly would we train these beasts, Corporal? Not exactly the same as a dog. Leave that to me, sir. Listen, Corporal, we need some sort of edge out there. This is now a world war, you understand? Oh, yes, sir, I do. And you really think bears could be the edge we need? Commander, what would you do if you saw a cavalry coming towards you, riding in on ferocious beasts the size of horses, with teeth as long as swords, and claws that could disembowel you? You know what, Smoot? That might just be crazy enough to work. World wars call for a <coughs> different kind of thinking. After some consideration, Smoot's commanders thought the Bear Cavalry was a brilliant idea. They assigned it the code name Operation Hairy Leg. General John Pershing himself signed off on the project. Though he would later claim that he thought he was signing a purchase order for red silk stockings for female spies stationed in Bulgaria. Once his idea was given the okay, Corporal Smoot was quickly promoted to sergeant and dispatched to Camp MacArthur in his hometown of Waco. To keep the project secret, Smoot's unit was called the 107th Engineers. Upon arrival, the newly appointed Sergeant Smoot recruited three men, each of whom had an excellent reputation for working with animals. There was Private Benjamin Biggs, known for raising prize-winning beagles in his home state of Alabama. 
Private George Albers, a certified master pigeon keeper. And finally, Private Abraham Spivy, who claimed to have taught his mother's cat to fetch a baseball. Even though this claim was never verified. Alright, you maggots! Listen up! We have been dispatched to complete a very important assignment. It could be the difference in our winning the war. You understand? Yes, yes sir. sir! You have been selected for this task force based upon your unique abilities. We have been entrusted with this task, and our country, and likely even the world, depends upon our success. Yes, yes sir! Sergeant Smoot? Yes, Private? What exactly are those unique abilities, sir? Each of you has unique experience with training animals, Private Biggs. And now it is time to put that experience to the test with a new kind of animal. One that can be used to defeat enemy forces. Oh, are we training a new canine unit, sir? Or are we training a new flock of homing pigeons for use on the battlefield? This seems less likely, but are we training cats to assist with the nursing staff? None of the above, gentlemen. We will be training... Dramatic pause. Bears. Well, that was even less likely than what I said. Bears, sir? That is correct, Private Albers. What in the world will the U.S. Army be, be doing with bears, sir? Riding them. Have you experience with bears, sir? No more than any of you. Our task is to figure this out. The fate of the war depends on it. Yes, sir. You mentioned that... It has been hypothesized that a bear cavalry will have the power and ferocity to uproot the German forces, sending them on the run out of sheer terror. That somehow seems believable, actually. I know I'd run. Exactly the point, Private Spivy. Thank you. Okay, so, uh, where do we start, Sergeant? That's what we're here to determine, Private. That's what we're here to figure out. Despite their enthusiasm, however, it seemed that from the beginning, Operation Hairy Leg would face more than its fair share of difficulties. Albers, the pigeon keeper, went mysteriously AWOL after trying to teach a bear the difference between a fellow soldier and what the bear was accustomed to considering dinner. <laughs> Has anyone seen Private Albers? No, sir. Not since this morning. He was supposed to be leading training sessions with the bears today. He was working on the bears' dis discernment. Discernment? Yes, sir. He wanted to ensure the bears could tell the difference between friend and food. I see. Sir, I think we may have to reteach the bears that lesson, sir. Indeed. Well, gather Albert's lesson plans, and let's try a new approach, shall we? Yes, yes sir. sir. Soon after Albert's disappearance, Private Biggs, the Southern Beagle Specialist, discovered that bears have an uneven gait while running, which makes it difficult for a bear rider to stay in the saddle. In a related discovery, Biggs learned that bears have an exceptionally bad attitude toward people who cling to their backs and scream. Ah! 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 Unluckily, 
Biggs developed a severe nervous tick after making these discoveries and had to be released from duty. Biggs? Is everything, uh... Okay. Yes, sir. Everything is uh, uh, fine. Yes, I'm fine. Perfectly fine. Everything's fine. Never better. Hmm. You sure, Private? Yes, sir. All is well, sir. You seem a little anxious. Uh, Private? He's been like that for days now, sir. Ever since he took the bears out for riding lessons. Biggs, are you going to be able to... Uh, What's wrong with him? He says that sometimes when someone touches him, or when he walks too fast, or when he closes his eyes, he sees the bear attacking him. Didn't the bear attack him when he screamed? <laughs> that's, that's right, sir. And, and so... And so every time he screams, he's re-traumatized. Ooh, perfect. Shortly after Private Big's discharge... Abraham Spivy, the cat trainer of questionable ability, learned a similarly hard lesson. It turns out that when bears are not eating, they like to sleep. And when they are sleeping, they do not like to be poked with sticks. On the bright side, this is how Private Spivy acquired the affectionately humorous nickname Stumpy. Uh, look, Spivvy, I know that... The name is Stumpy now. Uh, look, Private, I'm not... The name is Stumpy! Okay. Private Stumpy. Thank you. Gotta play the hand the cards that I've got now, don't I? And I'm a man with one leg. So I'd rather people just call me Stumpy to my face than behind my back, you know? I guess I can understand that. Plus, it's kind of funny. <laughs> Stumpy. <laughs> Stumpy. <laughs> <laughs> the hospital has <laughs> cleared you. You're free to return. <laughs> oh, I'm not going anywhere near your bears, Sergeant. No offense, but um, one missing limb is enough for this soldier. And so it was that this last incident, the ill-advised poking of the bear, finally convinced Sergeant Smoot that he was going to have trouble recruiting the number and caliber of soldiers he would need to make the Bear Cavalry a success. As it turned out, he was also having difficulty maintaining his supply of bears, most of them having lumbered back into the woods in search of snacks. In fact, after this last fiasco, the only remaining bear in his possession was a cub named Ted. You're gifting us a bear? That is correct. We must admit we're not sure how to value this for tax purposes. Oh, no need to worry with that. I just thought Ted could use a home, and what with you being called the bears and all, I, I thought it might just be a good fit. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Sergeant. Sergeant Smoot. Sergeant Smoot. Thank you. And thank you for your service. Oh, don't thank me. Uh, just take good care of Ted for me. And uh, don't try and ride him, okay? Goodbye now. Odd fellow, that. Well, I guess we asked for this when we adopted bears as a mascot, didn't we? That's what we get for letting the students decide. If we'd just gone with ferrets, this would all be a lot easier. Oh no. Now we're obligated to build an enclosure for this thing. In time, however, the Baylor officials, along with all the students, grew to love Ted and... Couldn't have been more thrilled that some strange military man had given them Ted as a gift. 
In fact, Ted was so beloved that there has been a live bear mascot on Baylor campus ever since. And in accordance with Sergeant Smith's wishes, no one has ever attempted to ride the bears. Though we're not sure anyone would have attempted that anyway. Oh, and one last thing. Sergeant Smoot wasn't the only one to have military bear ideas. During World War II, the Polish army recruited a bear. The bear, known as Corporal Wotek, learned to help carry ammunition. Polish soldiers also did not attempt to ride their bear. Thus, Sergeant Smoot's bear cavalry is still but a dream. Perhaps one day. Thank you for joining us today for A Fantastical History of Waco, a podcast brought to you by Wild Imaginings. We have a lot of other great projects besides this podcast. If you want to check out the work that we're doing, please head to wildimaginingswaco.com. See what we're doing, and if you have an idea of your own, let us know. We love working with people, just like we did here at Rogue Media Network, and Ashley Bean Thornton, the author of these wonderful stories. Join us next time for another fantastical story. This has been Rogue Media Network Podcast.